Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. You think that you can cavalierly go about your Christian life without any risk or danger. And he's reminding them to be careful. Don't be naive and self-confident. You're not exempt from stumbling. You could fall flat on your face as easily as Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of 1 Corinthians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 14, in a message titled, Learning from History. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So... What we're really looking at here today is relevant in the sense that it's about freedom and it's about retaining the freedom that Christ has given to us. And so the danger with the Corinthians was that they were going to lose that freedom ironically, by exercising their freedoms beyond what would be wise. So Paul gives them really a history lesson. Perhaps you've heard the saying, if we fail to learn from history, we are doomed to repeat it. This is Paul's concern for the Corinthians. They seem to be oblivious to the fact that without moral effort or restraint, their faith could end up shipwrecked. They seem to have lost touch with that possibility. Now, remember the context. There are those in the Corinthian church who feel they can play with fire, so to speak, without getting burned. And again, the context is that they could hang out in, associate with idolatry, hang out in the temples, associate with idolatry without being affected by it. This is what Paul is referring to here. And as we go further into the 10th chapter, it all comes back around to that. This is what Paul is referring to when he says in the 12th verse, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. So if you think you're standing firm, in other words, he's saying to them, you think you're invulnerable. You think that you don't have to worry about any of this. You think that you can just cavalierly go about your Christian life without any risk or danger. And he's reminding them to be careful. I love the way the message paraphrases it. Don't be naive and self-confident you're not exempt 
from stumbling. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. So this is the big lesson that he wants them to learn here. So in our text, Paul takes them back to the history of the children of Israel and shows how because they were slack in their spiritual responsibilities, they lost their privileges, and many failed to reach their destination of the promised land. Paul is concerned that the Corinthians, who are insisting on their rights and freedom, may slide back into paganism and so fail to make real for themselves the full Christian inheritance that they have been promised. If Paul needed to strike a blow to his body, as he told us there at the end of the ninth chapter, if he needed to do that, lest he find himself disqualified after having announced the message to others, the Corinthians must also do the same. So let's look at the history lesson here. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. This is so interesting that Paul uses this term ancestors. And the interesting thing about it is Paul is writing to a predominantly Gentile congregation. So a statement like this would be perfectly understandable if his audience was Jewish, because after all, they were literally the descendants of those that are being written about here. But here's the point that we don't want to miss. They are our ancestors as well because Gentiles have been grafted in and made, along with Israel, the people of God. So this this is part of Paul's message to these Gentile churches, that they who were once far off have now been brought near by the blood of Christ And that they are now members of the household of God. And so for us, as we read this, we can think in those exact terms. The people of Israel are our ancestors as well. Because we've become the children of God through faith in Jesus. And we have also become the children of Abraham. So we're full members of the family. You know, it's a funny thing, even today, I've seen this many times where I've seen Christian people get this idea that somehow Jewish people have a more special place with God. And I have seen Christian people who longing to have that special place, have adopted Jewish kinds of ideas and practices. When I was 
This just came to my mind. When I was living in London, there, were, there, there was a group of people that were, you know, they, they were a messianic congregation, meaning that they were, you know, a church that wanted to do all things Jewish. And so they would dress, they would put on the, the yarmulke, the little, the men would put on the cap and the ladies would cover their head and they would wear prayer shawls around and all of this. And the problem was they were all English. They were not Jewish. And, and they would come, sometimes they would come to the church, you know, they would just come for a Bible study or something. And when they would greet you, they would always greet you in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. And they would not say Jesus Christ. They would only refer to Jesus with these Hebrew names. Yeshua, the Hebrew name for Jesus. HaMashiach, the Hebrew word for Messiah. And I have to tell you, that kind of annoyed me. And so, you know, they would come on and press in with their Yeshua HaMashiach, and I would say, yes, yes, Jesus Christ, yes. That's, that's who we're worshiping here. That's what we're talking about here. And, you know, they wanted to insist that the Hebrew language was the pure language in the world and that you should never speak of Jesus as Jesus because that was Greek and all of this kooky kind of stuff. And, I, you know, I just would remind them, um, you know, the apostles, those guys were Jews. Did you know that? And they wrote the New Testament. And guess what language they wrote it in? They wrote it in Greek. They called Yeshua HaMashiach, they called him Jesus Christ. So if they did, we can do it too. But the point is this. They have this misconception. They have this idea that well, you know, as Gentiles, we're still a little bit out of the loop. We're not quite fully in the family. Paul didn't think that. The New Testament doesn't teach that. We have been brought in. We are now members of the household of God. And I just thought in looking at this reference to our ancestors that it would be good to remind ourselves of that. And so he goes on and he says, our ancestors were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. So again, Paul is referring back into the history and in Exodus chapter 17, you have the story where the people have just passed through the Red Sea. They've just come out the other side. They're in the wilderness and they're about to die of thirst. And the people are crying out and they're complaining that they're going to die of thirst. And Moses goes to the Lord and inquires of him. And the Lord says to Moses, he says, stand by this rock and take the rod that is in your hand and smite the rock, strike it with your rod and water will come out and refresh the people. And that's exactly what happened. 
The same thing occurred later in their history. That happened at the beginning of their journey. Then at the end of their journey, before they crossed into the promised land, the same thing happened. Slightly different circumstances, but the same thing happened. But here's the point. The point Paul is making is that the rock was Christ. The rock that accompanied them. So, in other words, whenever that water came forth, Christ wasn't literally the rock, but he was the one who was accompanying them through their journey in the wilderness, and he was the one who provided the refreshing for them. Now, this passage right here, speaking of Christ as being the spiritual rock that accompanied them, is packed full of wonderful things that we could spend the whole service unpacking. And I've actually done that in the past, but that's not our purpose today, but I just wanted to draw your attention to it. It, Again, it's part of the history lesson that the apostle is giving us here. And so having said that, he then says in verse five, nevertheless, nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. So this is what Paul is getting to. That the things that happened with the Israelites... In those things, in looking back over that history, there are lessons for us, the people of God today. And the lesson is that we would not set our hearts on evil things as they did. And then he goes on, do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. So here, Paul is referring to what happened while Moses was on Mount Sinai receiving the commandments from God. And this is recorded in Exodus chapter 32. And we don't have time to go into the details of this, but it might be a good thing, you know, later today or or throughout the week to go back and read over these portions. But he's warning about the idolatry. It's recorded there in the 32nd chapter. And maybe you remember the story where Moses had been up in the mountain for these 40 days and 40 nights. The people were getting restless. They didn't know what was going on. So they went to Aaron, the brother of Moses, and they said, we don't know what happened to Moses. He's been gone. And we don't know if he's even coming back, make gods for us. Make gods for us. And Aaron, the brother of Moses, the man who has been designated as the priest, he says, okay, here's what we'll do. Give me all of your jewelry. Give me all of your gold jewelry. And they took the earrings and the bracelets and all of that, and they melted them down, and they made a golden calf. And they set up this calf, 
And Aaron said, these are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. And the people worshiped them. The very first commandment that was about to be delivered from the mountain was, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You shall have no other gods before me. So they fell into idolatry in the very beginning. And it says that the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Revelry. So they had basically an orgy there at the foot of Mount Sinai in the presence of this golden calf. And this brought a judgment upon them. Then the second thing he says in verse eight, we should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. And so now this is a reference to an event that's recorded in the book of Numbers, the 25th chapter, where the Moabites sent young, beautiful women into the Israelite camp to seduce them and to bring them into the worship of their gods. They seduced them sexually. And so Paul says this, this is a lesson. And then he says, we should not test Christ or tempt Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. Numbers 21. This is the story there where the people were incessantly complaining against the Lord and he sent serpents into the camp. And the serpents struck them and many died. And this is the place where Moses went to God and cried out to the people and God said, make a, a serpent of bronze and put it upon a pole and whoever looks to it will be delivered from the threat of death through the snake bite. And then in number 16 is the final reference where he says, and do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. And so over and over again in their journey in the wilderness, they grumbled, they complained. And this isn't just, you know, a bit of a bad attitude. They grumbled and complained. They wanted to kill Moses. They wanted to stone him. So this was this, this deep-seated resentment toward God. These are the things that Paul points back to and says were examples for us that we would not engage in these evil things. And so we have the examples and we have then the warnings. So look at Verse 11, again, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So what are these examples of? These are examples of what can happen to saved people who choose to live in rebellion to God to the God who purchased them with his own blood. See, this is what Paul wants them to understand. The Israelites were God's chosen people. They were baptized into Moses, just as the Corinthians and we are baptized into Christ. They ate the manna 
and drink from the rock who is Christ, just as we eat the bread, Christ's body, and drink the cup, Christ's blood. They did all of those things, but here it is. Yet they perished in the wilderness, never reaching the promised land. The warning is that the same thing could happen to us. That's the warning. That the same thing could happen to us if we were to choose a similar path to them. Sadly, I could tell you story after story where I have seen this happen. People who were baptized, people who partook of the bread and the cup, people who had seen God work in their lives and deliver them, but then carelessly began to dabble in dangerous things and often thought, I'm immune, I'm invulnerable, I'm not going to stumble, I'm not going to fall, I'm strong enough to engage in these things, but they were wrong. They were naive. They deceived themselves. As I was thinking about this, and as I said, I could tell many stories, but one came to mind, one of the more tragic stories that I have witnessed. Many, many years ago, there, were, there was a group of, of young people, a group of surfers, and this group of kids had come to faith in Jesus, and it was a beautiful thing that was happening, and one of them actually owned a surf shop in the area where we lived, and, and they used to have regular morning Bible studies at the shop, and all these kids would come in and worship Jesus, and you know it was just a beautiful thing. And several times they would invite me, would you come over and share with us? And, and you know I was happy to do that, and it was, it was great. And I, I would watch their lives and see how God was blessing them and see how God was using them. And there was one of the young men that was extraordinary, stood out, just very kind and gracious and humble, was actually the, he was a professional surfer and he was uh, very influential on his high school campus. March, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by Pastor Brian. With all the chaos, unrest, and uncertainty in our world, behind it all is the unseen realm where a spiritual battle is being waged. And this spiritual battle not only affects the world collectively, but even our lives individually. This month's book, The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by Pastor Brian, will give you an understanding of the battle that is raging behind the scenes. You will understand the enemy who is waging war against you, his tactics, and how you can be equipped to emerge victorious. As people of God, we must be aware of the spiritual battle we're all involved in, the sophisticated ways in which we're constantly being attacked, and the provision for victory we have in Jesus. If you want to be equipped for the spiritual battle we're engaged in, or to be able to help others become equipped, we encourage you to call us right now. 
at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by Pastor Brian. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of 1 Corinthians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. Hi, this is Cheryl and Brian Broderson. And we wanted to tell you that we're going to Israel in October 2022. And we want you there with us. Yeah, the dates are October 23rd through November 4th. And this is going to be a tremendous trip. Cheryl, what's your favorite thing about Israel? I love the Galilee, but Brian... You and I both know there's so much because we love watching the Bible come alive, whether you're at Tel Aviv or you're at Jerusalem or Caesarea. Yep. Or Mount Mount Carmel. Carmel. Yes. And it is the trip of a lifetime. So we'd love to have you join us. And if you're interested, we're going to have an informational meeting on Sunday, March 20th at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Or you can find out the details if you go online at israel.cccm.com. Yep. We hope you can join us. It's going to be great. It will be.